Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's December 16th, 2016, and that means there's just nine days left until Christmas, and we're celebrating by going to the dark side. That's right, we're going to talk about the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. We'll also add a little technology to your Christmas countdown, learn what deals to look for after Christmas, and we'll crown the ultimate version of Jingle Bells when we announce the winner of the 2016 Jingle Brawl. Jingle Brawl. Jingle Brawl. Let's start the show. Welcome! It's good to have you here during this most magical of seasons. You know, I was kind of worried when I first started this podcast that maybe celebrating Christmas all year, it might not be as special when Christmas time finally came around. Fortunately, it turns out it's way more fun to celebrate Christmas when everyone else is celebrating with you. I do have to warn you, it is raining right now, and so you may hear a little drippity drip while we're recording, but we're going to push past that and keep the celebration going with our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, now. We need a Obviously, it's not hard to find Christmassy things to do this time of year, so I wanted to point you towards something new I discovered this year, and it's over at Google. Now, every year, Google does a Santa tracker on Christmas Eve where you can, you guessed it, track Santa's progress all over the world. But that's not until Christmas Eve. What about the rest of December? Google has Santa's Village, a sort of digital advent calendar. A new game is unlocked every day. Not only are there fun ways to waste time when the boss isn't looking... Yeah, we know you're not working, Phil. You're not fooling anybody. But this year, Google has put more of a focus on making games educational. On their site, they explain, Ah, for the first time, we're excited to introduce an educator resource page that easily allows teachers to find educational games and corresponding lesson plans all in one place. From games that introduce basic concept of coding to global holiday traditions, Google Santa Tracker encourages holiday learning experiences in a fun way. Was that supposed to be an impression of the programmers at Google? Oh, hey, imaginary listener that sounds like Kermit the Frog. Um... Yeah? No? I I guess I was just having a little fun there, you know. You know those folks are a lot smarter than you are, right? Yeah. So you feel threatened by that and decide you should take them down a peg? I I I, I guess I And do you feel better about yourself now? No. Hmm, didn't think so. Keep it up if you want coal in your stocking, bucko. Well, that ended awkwardly. Uh, the link to the Google Santa Tracker and Santa's Village is in the show notes of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Uh, thank you, Google programmers. Sorry if I offended you. Uh, let's free ourselves from this awkwardness and move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Christmas isn't even here yet, and I've been looking forward to it all year, but I'm actually going to look past Christmas to December 26th and beyond, because that's when Christmas-related stuff starts going on sale, big time. So it's not that I'm done with this Christmas yet, I'm just planning for next Christmas already. So these are the top five things I've gotten and I recommend getting in post-Christmas sales. Number five. Wrapping paper. 
This is a big one. I was at Target last year, and people were stocking up on wrapping paper. And I mean huge. This one woman had a shopping cart full of wrapping paper. And by that, I don't mean she had a bunch of wrapping paper in her cart. I mean every square inch of cart space was packed with wrapping paper. There was no way she could have fit any more in there. She purchased the maximum amount of wrapping paper a human being could with that shopping cart. Number four. Lights. This one is tricky because all the best sets of lights are usually sold out well before Christmas. But if you don't mind looking through the shelves for a while, you might find a hidden gem and grab a sweet deal on some pretty lights. Also, it's a good time to grab replacement bulbs if you still have the old-fashioned non-LED lights, which I do. Number three. Timers. Extension cords. I didn't even think about this one until a few years ago when I was looking around the Christmas section a few days after Christmas and found a bunch of stuff I didn't even know I wanted like remote control outlets. Now my kids can just grab the remote and turn on the Christmas tree and turn on the fireplace lights without getting near the outlets. Plus, it turns out you can use them for anything, so we use them for lamps in odd parts of the room all year long. Also, if you're a long-time listener, you may remember that a few years ago, I left my Christmas lights up until Valentine's Day. That was partially because I found some discounted timers at an after-Christmas sale, so I hooked them up as soon as I got home, and I loved it. I didn't have to remember when to turn on the lights or turn them off either. They just did it by themselves. I wanted to leave them up forever until my wife said, Hey, take down the Christmas lights. It's Valentine's Day. And I said, Fair enough, milady. Fair enough. Lastly, extension cords. This is hilarious to me. If you go to the Christmas section at like a Target, Kmart, something like that, you'll find plenty of extension cords on sale. But then you go to the hardware section of that same store, you'll find practically the same cords at full price. I don't know why this is, but it's a great thing to take advantage of. Number two. Wearables. Grab yourself a Christmas sweater. Or five. You'll be ready for next year or for that Christmas in July party in a few months. Maybe you can grab a necklace of Christmas lights. Or, if you're like me, you can wait until it's almost January and get this boss Santa hat that plays an obnoxiously loud version of We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Candy. This, more than any other thing on the list except maybe the extension cords, I feel like we're really pulling one over on these stores. All the candy with Christmas in the packaging gets discounted after Christmas. Fun fact, red and green M&Ms don't taste different than the other colors. Kit Kats with holly on the wrapper still taste like Kit Kats. And even if the Reese's peanut butter cup is shaped like a Christmas tree, it still tastes like chocolate and peanut butter goodness. So, stock up and save. Well, save money. Not calories or sugar. But, you know, your New Year's resolution doesn't kick in for another week anyway, so enjoy! Number one. Fake trees! This one is number one for me because it worked out so perfect. I decided we would look into getting a fake tree a few years back. I figured we'd get one after Christmas when they were cheaper. So the day after I went to Target, they had none left. They said I should check online to see if any of the other stores had one. And I tried, and none of the stores in my area had one. So then I tried Kmart. They didn't have any in stock either, but they were running a huge sale on online orders. The tree was more than half off, and shipping was free. They said it was going to be a while before they could get it to me, like a few weeks, but what did I care? It was for next Christmas. What's a couple weeks at the end of December when you're waiting for next December? So we just put it up for the second time this year. It rotates, the lights change color, it has a remote control, and it doesn't drop any needles. All for less than half of what it cost me to get one right now. As Hans Gruber said in Die Hard, by Grabthar's Hammer. What a savings. <laughs> oh, I'm being told that was a different Alan Rickman character from the movie Galaxy Quest. And that sound means we have some Christmas news updates. It's time for our news segment, All I Want for Christmas is News. All I want for Christmas is news. Oh, 
you very much. Bye. Now, these are actually updates to stories we did on previous episodes. Back in October, we told you that Santa's Village in Lake Arrowhead, California might be reopening. Well, as of a few weeks ago, we can officially drop the mite. It is now open. Through January 8th, in fact. So, if you find yourself in Southern California in the next few weeks, you might want to see if you can stop in for a visit with Santa, some ice skating, or a ride on the Polar Express, and lots of other stuff. Now, the other update also involves a theme park, but it's on the other side of the country. Back in April, we told you that the Osborne family light display might be coming back to Walt Disney World. Well, you can switch that maybe to a nope. In fairness, it seemed like a flimsy rumor at the time, so I'm not surprised it didn't turn out to be true. So, if you're on the West Coast, you've got some good news. If you're on the East Coast, this is a bit of a bummer. And if you don't even live in America, you're probably saying, would you get to the next segment already? Well, okay, Captain Impatient Pants, here we go. Today's episode is being released on December 16th, 2016, the opening day of Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. So I thought it was the perfect excuse to talk about perhaps the most infamous holiday special in history. So let me just set the Nava computer to 1978 and make the jump to light speed. Special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Yes, it's a special that will have you begging for Jar Jar Binks. The Star Wars Holiday Special. This thing is so awful. What the? Darth Vader? Please, for copyright reasons, that is not my name. You may simply refer to me as my lord. No offense, Helmethead, but this is a Christmas podcast, and I'm not referring to you as my lord. Did you just call me Helmethead? Ah, ah, okay, bad choice of words. How, how about if I just call you guy who suspiciously sounds similar to Darth Vader, or Vader guy for short? You may proceed with your podcast, though I warn you to be a bit more complimentary in your review. The Disney legal team is not as forgiving as I am. There is nothing to compliment about this special, but it seems like there should be. When you hear Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher are in it, you're probably thinking, how bad could it be? Bad. So bad. It's not that bad. It's the charming story of Chewbacca trying to get back to his family to celebrate the Wookiee holiday of Life Day. Wrong, sir. What do you mean? That's the story. No, that's just a framing device for this Bantha Poodoo. I mean, yeah, it starts out with Han and Chewie sitting in a high school drama class recreation of the Millennium Falcon cockpit, racing away from some recycled special effects from the first Star Wars movie, but then we cut to the Wookiee homeworld of Kasuk. The Wookiee homeworld is pronounced Kashyyyk. You don't think I know that? But in this thing, they call it Kashuk. And after a painfully long establishing shot of a Wookiee house that is clearly a matte painting, we meet Chewbacca's family, his wife Mala, his dad... Itchy, and his son, Lumpy. Their names are Itchy and Lumpy. That's not so odd. I once knew a guy named Count Dooku. 
That's a whole other can of worms I don't have time to open. So Lumpy and Stinky and Zeppo, or whatever their names are, have a nice long scene together, speaking only Wookiee. Well, what language do you expect them to speak? They are Wookiees. But there are no subtitles. It's an eight-minute scene of nothing but Wookiee grunts. It's made even more infuriating by the fact that the kids' grunts are super high-pitched and irritating. But we suffer through it until finally Stumpy... Lumpy! Whatever. He starts up some holographic machine, and we get to the real plot of this special. Chewbacca's family watching things. That's all this special is. Come on! That's all it is. It starts off with Bumpy. Lumpy! Whatever. It starts off with him watching this hologram of these acrobat people. Not just a quick glimpse, either. It's about five minutes of these weirdos dancing around like fools in goofy bright costumes. It's like... The dirt poor man's version of Cirque du Soleil. It's like Cirque du No Way. Anyway, then Mala calls Luke Skywalker on the video phone to ask where Chewie is. Mark Hamill, under 45 pounds of makeup, says not to worry. He and Han are bound to arrive soon. Now, now listen, calm down. I mean, you know how Han and Chewbacca are. Anything could have happened. They could have, they could have stopped off somewhere or been held up by an asteroid storm. Listen, I wouldn't worry about Chewbacca. I know him and he hasn't missed a life day yet, right? Well, there you go. He's not going to miss this one either. It's just taking him a little bit longer to get there. That's all. He'll make it. Then she calls Art Carney. Because when you think Star Wars action, you think Art Carney from TV's The Honeymooners. He's apparently some sort of traitor and secret rebel. He basically tells Mala the same thing Luke did, and we've wasted some more screen time without advancing the plot at all. Good to see you again. Don't say a word, madam. I know just why you're calling. You're wondering when that shaggy carpet you ordered will arrive at your home. Let me assure you, madam, it's on its way. You know, it was made especially for you by a little old woman four planets away. She did it all by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by hand. Solo. Though it's going to take some time to get to you. I know you understand. But then we cut to Darth Vader. Yes, my favorite part. Well, your favorite part is less than 30 seconds of footage that was cut from Star Wars, with James Earl Jones recording a quick line of dialogue saying they're going to start searching houses for rebels. Then they cut back to Mala, who's going to do some cooking. But she can't do it without watching something, right? <laughs> of course not. So she turns on the space TV to watch a cooking show hosted by Harvey Corman in one of the three different roles he plays. In this one, he plays a female alien with four arms, and he's in blackface for some reason. He's not in blackface. He's just got makeup on to look more... Alien-like. Okay. Well, the comedy bit of Mala trying to keep up with a four-armed chef takes way too long to get to the joke, and it isn't funny. You're not funny. Maybe not, but I've seen Blazing Saddles, and I know Harvey Corman is. He's hilarious. So the special has to take the blame on this one. And guess what we are ready for now? The cooking. Step one, we stir the mixture. Stir, 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 stir. Stir, 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 stir. Very nice. Now, step two, while we're stirring, we also whip. So it's stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo because precision is very important in this recipe and we do want to have a fine consistency, don't we? Slow and on the count of one. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, whip, whip. 
But then we cut to Han and Chewie and the Falcon again, and you're like, finally, some Star Wars in this Star Wars special. They're fighting some TIE fighters in a dogfight, which is suspiciously similar to the one when they escaped the Death Star in Star Wars. In fact, not only do they just reuse the footage from the movie, they reuse the same shot of TIE fighters flying behind the Falcon twice in the 30-second scene. And just like that, it's over and we cut back to Chewie's family. Because of course, no one tunes into Star Wars specials for space battles. They want to see furries having long conversations in a fake language. You are a cynical man. Then Art Carney comes over to the Wookiee's house to once again say, don't worry, Chewie and Han are coming. And gives the Wookiees their Life Day presents, which of course are things to watch. Because we've got to pad this runtime out to two hours. This thing is two hours long? With commercials it is. And so far, we're only about 20 minutes into it. For the love of the Force, man, pick up the pace. I've got to open my Christmas presents. Grand Moff Tarkin got me one of those virtual reality goggles for my iPhone. Wait, if you haven't opened it yet, how do you know what it is? I felt his presence through the Force. Well, that joke is better than anything in this holiday special. And speaking of virtual reality, the next thing we see is Chewie's dad, Lumpy, using some VR device to watch Diane Carroll singing him a song in a space kaleidoscope after delivering a very creepy monologue about her being his fantasy. I know you're searching for me. Searching, searching. I am here. My voice is for you alone. I am found in your eyes only. I exist for you. I am in your mind as you create me. Oh, yes. I can feel my creation. (laughs) I'm getting your message. Are you getting mine? Oh, oh. We are excited, aren't we? The less said about that scene, the better. You're right, let's move on. Next, Princess Leia literally and figuratively phones in a scene where she's surprised to learn Chewie and Han haven't arrived yet. You mean they haven't arrived yet? She says there has been no contact. Yes, I think I understand her message. That Imperial Patrol must be giving them more trouble than we bargained for. Then, Imperial Troopers come to search the Wookiee's house. So, Art Carney decides to show them a Jefferson Starship video. That'll teach him. I thought torture was outlawed after the Geonosis Accords. Well, then this entire special is in violation. But good news, we're halfway done. Sweet mother of midi-chlorians. So the Imperial Troopers are specifically looking for anything related to the Rebellion. So Frumpy... His name is Lumpy. I don't care! The kid Wookiee decides this is the perfect time to watch an animated adventure about the Rebellion. Ah, this is the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Many people think this animated short is the one bright spot in this special. Yeah, well, many people went to see Batman v Superman. Many people are wrong. This animation style is so awful. I thought the alien characters were supposed to be the odd-looking ones. The dead-eyed human characters are the ones that are going to give you nightmares. And Han Solo looks like he was drawn by someone who had never seen Harrison Ford before in their life. But whatever, plot-wise, the animated short is fine. Boba Fett tries to trick Han and Luke into leading him into the rebel base, but C-3PO overhears him talking to Darth Vader for James Earl Jones's second and final appearance in this special. Oh, and then Boba escapes. We'll meet again, friend. Trust a droid to get to the bottom of things. Boba sure fooled the rest of us. <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir. Chewbacca suspected all along there was something bad about Boba. How did you know, Chewie? <laughs> May I quote directly, sir? He just didn't smell right. 
Well, let's get off this galactic raindrop. Now we're finally getting to the home stretch. Han and Chewie have landed, and they are sneaking their way to Chewbacca's house. But do we get to watch that? No. Of course not. We watch Lumpy. Lumpy! Oh, oh you said Lumpy. Sorry. Carry on. Anyway, we get to watch Lumpy watching yet another video of Harvey Corman. This time, he's a robot giving repair instructions while he himself is breaking down. Seems like the company wouldn't release that as their repair video. I mean, at least do a second take. Okay, so now Han and Chewie arrive? Nope. First, the Imperial Troopers have to watch a video. What? I don't pay them to watch videos. I pay them to shoot at things and miss. This time, it's a live feed from the planet Tatooine, where B. Arthur is running a bar that looks suspiciously like Mos Eisley, but somehow isn't. Despite the fact that the same aliens are there, the same band is there, and the band is playing the same song. Speaking of songs, when the Empire puts a curfew on the planet, B. Arthur has to sing a song to get everyone to leave, which is fitting because in an interview a few years ago, Carrie Fisher said she has a copy of this holiday special and she puts it on when she wants people to leave. We may not thrive, friend, but we survive, friend. Look, we're alive, friend, you and I. So say goodnight, friend. <clears throat> Good night, but not goodbye. Can we get to the end now? Don't you want to know about Harvey Corman's third appearance here, where he drinks through a hole in the top of his head and hits on B. Arthur? Not even remotely. How about the fact that in an interview many years later, B. Arthur said she wasn't even aware she was working on a Star Wars project. She said, I just remember singing to a bunch of people with funny heads. Would you just get to the end? Fine, fine. Han and Chewie sneak up on the house, toss a stormtrooper over the balcony, and everything is grand, and we finally get to the holiday part of this holiday special, the celebration of Life Day. Is it called Life Day because one day of watching this special seems like it takes a lifetime? See? I knew you'd come around to the dark side. Give in to your hate of this special! Eh. Doesn't really work when you do it. Fair enough. So apparently, the celebration of Life Day involves holding up light-up snow globes that somehow give the Wookiees long red robes that conveniently cover up the fact that they ran out of budget for full Wookiee costumes. Then they walk along an invisible outer space bridge with other Wookiees into a giant ball of white light. Then, for some reason, they all end up in this big open area where somehow Luke, Leia, C-3PO, and R2-D2 are there. They weren't even on the same planet five scenes ago. How did they get there? Why couldn't Chewie and Han have just gone on the space bridge? But whatever. Leia gives her line of speech about what Life Day is all about. Then she sings a Life Day carol, which I will now play in its entirety. No! Okay. Well, then after that, Chewbacca remembers a bunch of scenes from Star Wars, which is basically just an excuse to show more footage from the movie. Finally, Chewie and his family sit down to a Life Day dinner, and the credits roll. Thank the Force! It's over! I can't believe they show this every year! Oh, they don't. It aired only once and has never been rebroadcast again. Then why are you wasting my time talking about this? It's never even been released on home video. In fact, George Lucas famously said, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every copy of that show and smash it. Well, he should. They ruined his legacy. Prequels! <coughs> Prequels! What was that? Uh, well, I was just gonna say that George Lucas isn't blameless. 
He says he wasn't really involved in the making of this, but the actor who played Lumpy, Patty Maloney, said George was sent dailies of each day's shooting for approval. Also, George is reportedly the one who insisted upon the scenes with the Wookiee family talking in Wookiee with no subtitles. And he was so high on the idea that there was talk of making this into a regular series. A Wookiee family sitcom. I guess he expected people to love the special. They expected people to just lift the special up on their shoulders and go, Star Wars Holiday Special, we love you! Star Wars! holiday special we love you boy did he miss the mark well what do you expect they were faced with the impossible task of making a variety special that was also a star wars special there's no way to blend those things together of course there is there was an episode of the muppets not long after this with mark hamill as the guest star he brought along c-3po r2d2 and chewbacca and it was a perfect way to combine star wars and a variety show why are you fellows here we are searching for chewbacca oh chewbacca the wookie correct as Artem Reichley says, he's been kidnapped. <gasps> kidnapped? Well, well, why are you looking around here? We received this hyperspace telegram from him. What? To Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2, help, I am being held prisoner by a bunch of weird turkeys. It does rather sound like your show. <laughs> yeah, it does. Remember Alderaan! Officers upstairs, 3PO, you cover that exit! Watch it, I cover the team. Down with the Empire! Uh, uh, what was that? That was my master, Luke Skywalker. I'll try to calm him down, but you know how strangely excitable these humans are? Yeah. They're a strange race, all right. So basically, the Star Wars Holiday Special is a horror show, but if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to watch it. Once. And only once. Unless you have a bunch of friends who are good at making jokes during movies, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, then it's a great movie to put on during a holiday party and laugh at. Are we done here? I have to get back to oppressing freedom throughout the galaxy. Well, I was going to play a little of the Life Day song to close us out. Force me with you, bye-bye! <laughs> the moment we've been building up to throughout 2016. It's time to announce the winner of the Jingle Brawl. You've been voting on the best version of Jingle Bells all year. Last time we narrowed it down to five finalists, and this time we're counting them down from five to one based on your votes. Here's how the votes turned out. The Brian Setzer Orchestra! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in Vincent Chevrolet. This was actually a ride-in candidate that did well enough to make the top five. Pretty impressive for not even being in the finals. Number four. Dolly Parton! made it to the finals, and for a while she had a lock on second place. But then, the last few days of voting, there was a big surge in support for... Number three... Frank Sinatra! Jingle bell, 
bells jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Old Blue Eyes was the winner of our very first preliminary round back in January, and he crosses the final finish line at number three. Number two. Bare Naked Ladies. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Truly a Cinderella story. I didn't think they would win their preliminary round, and they did. I didn't think they would make it out of the semifinals, and they did. And now, here in the finals, this most recent version of the song that's on our list was the only one to come within striking distance of our winner. But before we get to the winner, we've got some... Honorable Mentions! Kristen Nowicki! Some of you wrote in our very own band leader Kristen's accordion version of the song. I think that's a sign that this host from the Nostalgia Podcast should release a Christmas album. Hashtag Kristen Christmas Album. Another honorable mention is finalist Andy Williams. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one or so Sadly, even though he was voted into the finals, Mr. Christmas didn't get enough votes to crack the top five. Sorry, Mr. Williams, but take comfort in the fact that no one will ever top your version of the most wonderful time of the year. Speaking of top, let's go to the top with... Crosby and the Andrews Sisters. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, no, we have a lot of fun. Jingle. This wasn't even close. For a while, Bing and the Sisters had more votes than all the other artists combined. They still ended up with almost twice as many votes as second place and a third of the votes overall. So in a decisive victory, Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters hold the title of best version of Jingle Bells ever. <laughs> Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. So thanks to all of you who voted and participated over the last year, and a special thanks to Damien Kubiak from YouTube, whose metal version of Jingle Bells we used as the theme song for this segment. And that concludes the 2016 Jingle Brawl! And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for spending a little bit of your Christmas season with me. If you're interested in a little more Bab Christmas fun, I'll be doing stand-up at Rooster Teeth Feathers in Sunnyvale, California on Friday, December 23rd. And I would love it if you came out to see me. Link to the uh, website of the Comedy Club is in the show notes of this episode. I will also be hosting two hours of Christmas music on Kringle Radio's annual Tracking Santa show. Link to that in the show notes as well. And keep checking your pod feeds. I might have a little extra Christmas surprise coming your way before Santa takes his big ride. But regardless, thank you all for another great year. Well, at least on this show it was a great year. I'm not going to talk about the rest of 2016. Thanks to our producer behind the scenes, Mysterious Andy. And as always, many thanks to our lovely band member, Kristen, from Malsalgia. Well, get out there and celebrate, my friends. And when you do it, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2016. Oh. Hey.
Ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes and write us a review. Or if you prefer to stream your podcast, we're now available on Stitcher as well. <laughs> if you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. There you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can buy customizable Christmas decorations, clothing, and other gift ideas all year long. Our show only comes out once a month, but we love to interact with you any day of the year. Just come by to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can't wait for Christmas pod, or our Twitter name at Christmas pod, or you can always send us an email directly at Christmas at tangas.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this glorious version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the amazing Kristen Nowicki. All of their music and sounds are properties of their individual copyright holders and no infringement is intended. All right, I can't think of anything else to say. How about you boys? God bless us, everyone. I was at Target last... Hang on. My date for Rogue One just texted me. He said he's going to be at the theater at 9.30. So i got to finish recording this in the next half hour. Hopefully. Darth Vader? Oh, I was going to get a can. Do we have a can in here I can talk into? This, this mug could work. Please. <laughs> Gross. Just a random plastic bag in this can I was going to talk into. Because when you think Star Wars action, you think Star... No. <laughs> when you think Star Wars action, you think Star Wars action. That's actually true. That's not what I'm trying to say. They are fighting some TIE fighters in a dogfight suspiciously similar to the one they escaped... Woo! That is a... That is a sentence. That is a George Lucas-like sentence. If Harrison Ford were here, he'd be like, You can type this stuff, but you can't say it. Eh, that's an actual quote of Harrison Ford making fun of George Lucas's dialogue. It's not an actual quote. I cleaned it up because this is a Christmas podcast. He said a dirty word. Fine, fine. Han and Chewie sneak up. <sighs> Someone's calling me. Yellow. I'm good. I'm kind of in the middle of something. Can you call me back maybe tomorrow or something? People just keep trying to interrupt me recording this thing.